Welcome to the Everything Early Childhood podcast designed for approved providers, nominated supervisors and other childcare leaders. This fun, lighthearted and very serious podcast features weekly episodes on strategy, advice and conversations with fascinating and inspiring people from across our sector. Join the journey and have access to the tools and inspiration you need to create high performing childcare businesses. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Everything Early Childhood. I am joined today by the amazing Angela Lee Jenkins. She's a speaker, she runs workshops, and she hosts retreats for individual and group programs and works with organizations focusing on stress management and well-being. And you know, when you just meet amazing humans, you just want to share it with the world. So I'm so blessed that Angela could join us today. So welcome, Angela. Oh, awesome. So great to be here. Thanks so much for having me on. Looking forward to it. Yeah, awesome. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your story and how you got into this field. So I graduated with a degree in exercise physiology back in 1999. We're going back a little while then. And I worked in um, exercise physiology, worked in corporate health, had my own business from the age of 22. So doing a lot of exercise and and lifestyle programs. So I worked in Sydney and then, you know, travel, did the whole travel thing in my 20s, went over to London, was very fortunate over there, got to work with the third richest family in the world and, you know, got opened up to a whole other world of, you know, I guess <laughs> of how people live. And then I moved back to Australia. I set up my own um, exercise physiology centre on the Sunshine Coast, which I had for 10 years. And we had a team of exercise physiologists, again, working on exercise and lifestyle plans um, for a lot of people. And along that journey, I, I went into speaking. So speaking at conferences around Australia, New Zealand and Asia and mentoring health professionals. So I guess that's sort of where I started. And I guess, you know, in your journey, things happen. And for me, I had a big life event in 2015. It really sort of shifted my path and, you know, led me to sort of more of this work I'm doing today. And I guess, you know, I always used to talk about stress. Stress has always been something really passionate to me because I'm one of those high achievers. I used to work with all these high achieving people and everyone was sort of stressed. So I, I, I learned a lot about that. I learned a lot about hormones. I've done lots of different study. And what was really interesting, I'd never really lived it myself. While mm. I applied all the practices with what I was doing, I actually didn't really deeply understand stress. I understand it in the theory side, but not um, actually living it. And then in 2015, I, I had a pregnancy and my, um, at 15 weeks pregnant, I was actually on holiday. My first child was on holiday in Mexico and it was this big baby moon holiday. And all of a sudden, you know, I had this bleed and we got rushed back to Australia. And the short version is that uh, my waters had broken at 16 or 15 weeks. Oh gosh. So we just had this hugely stressful event, was on bed rest for 12 weeks. And then my son was born at 27 weeks in emergency birth, one pound five, this tiny little beautiful oh. boy called Will. And, you know, we fought for him. The chances were always really low the whole time. We were told that he didn't have much chance of survival, but I sort of lived by the motto, you know, where there is life, there is hope. And that's a motto that I live by today that I think is really powerful. Then after 104 days, we had to make the decision because he was suffering to mm. remove his life support. And, you know, he left us in the, I guess, the physical world. And and then a year later, my daughter come along, live. And I was always going to name my children Will and Liv. She's just started prep now. And 
I guess the reason I'm saying that story is like whilst I was on this path of exercise and well-being, this major life event sort of come and hit me. Mm. And all of a sudden I had this realisation of what my deeper purpose was and, you know, my children were will and live. And I was like, oh, my goodness, will live. It was like, you know, my mission really is to help inspire people to find their will because we all have a will to live a life that's more fulfilling for us because life's short, right? So for some, like Will, life was only 104 days. So I'm very much about life short, what's possible and, you know, supporting people get back to what's really important to them and shifting out of that stress state so Mm. they can live with more purpose and balance and, and fulfillment. So I guess that's sort of a very short overview of the last 23 years of of what sort of led me to where I'm going. And that's why I'm so passionate about it because I see so many people, particularly over the last few years with what's going on, there's so many people that are that are suffering. And, you know, I really like to just try to help people shift and move out of that because life's too short for the suffering. There's enough suffering in the world, let alone all the suffering we add on to ourselves. And yeah, I'm just really passionate about you know, working with different sectors to to help support that. And I can see the light in your eyes when you talk about it and, you know, that path and that journey that you're on right now to help so many people. So how do you think that stress changes a person and how, when you're in that state, what strategies can you put in place to move beyond that? Mm. I think one of the most powerful things to start with is our perception of stress. Like stress gets a really bad rap and they've actually done studies that uh, a guy has done a lot of studies in at Harvard and they talk about if you perceive stress to bad, to be bad, you will experience stress more badly. You'll have more symptoms, right? But if you don't experience, if you look at some of the positives of stress, it won't affect you as much. And I think we have to look, change the perception that stress isn't all bad. Like people are like, I'm stressed, I'm stressed, I'm stressed. It's like, cool well awesome we're increasing our memory capacity we're building more resilience we're actually you know growing like we need stress to grow the issue is it's gone on you know for a long time and we're moving into distress but I think sometimes initially we need to understand and look at some of the positive of stress because that will change how it affects us so I think that's a really important point for people to understand what I also think is really powerful you know empowering for a lot of people as well is that Stress comes from so many different sources. So stress might come from financial stresses, the relationship stresses. It might come from the food that we're eating. It might come from the sleep that we're having or not having, the type of exercise we're doing, you know, interactions that we're having with people. So stress comes from all of these different sources and the body just doesn't know where it's coming from. It just knows what's stressing the system or what isn't. Mm. And what I think is cool about that is there's lots of like low-hanging fruit. So whilst we can't change some of the big stresses, there's lots of little things that we can do to lower that stress load on our system. So I'm very much about looking at stress as the bigger picture and Mm. trying to find that low-hanging fruit. Like, can you just switch off your phone after 7 o'clock and actually not be stimulated by the blue light, affect your melatonin and affect your sleep? Mm. You know, can you do like a couple of minutes breathing throughout the day if you've had a stressful meeting you know like I'm very much about little small strategies and I can talk about that those in a minute but it's really empowering to know that we have choices like we can choose that another thing I talk about as we stress is it's so much about our perspective you know a situation can come in and we can choose how we perceive that situation if we perceive it as stressful or not and I often say to people you know like if a snake was running into the room so many people have got stressed I'm stressed there's a snake running through I'm really stressed and they're perceiving that right 
And then I use a picture of Bindi Irwin from Australia Zoo who cuddles snakes and he's all very affectionate to that snakes because that's how she perceives them and that's how she was grown up to be. And mm. don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that snakes aren't dangerous in some capacity, but it's our perspective of them. What happens if it was a beautiful, loving snake? Because for her that they are. So, you know, are there snakes around us that we could choose to perceive in a different way? You know, that's just something really important to consider. And I guess I guess the third pillar that I really talk about with stress is that stress is so unique. Everyone experiences stress differently based on their history, based on their story, based on their journey, and also based on their biology. We all have a unique biology and we'll respond to stress and perceive and filter stress in a different way. Like some people will be like the fight, you know, you talk about fight or flight. Some people will be like, right, let's deal with this. Right, we're gonna <laughs> this. And other people like run away to the hills, you know. Yeah. So it's just understanding those key things. And I think I'm very much about empowering people and taking responsibility. Like there's always something that we can do. There's something we can do to take control of shifting our perspective, to reduce our stress load, to do something more positive for us, to respond differently. Like there's all of these things that we can do despite what's happening in the outside world. And I think it's really empowering to do that. And people think, have this perception too, often when you're stuck in it, that it's like, oh my God, it's so overwhelming. How am I going to get out of this hole, right? Yeah. It's, and I've been buried in that, right? And I love the quote, you know, you might feel that you're buried, but perhaps you've been planted, you know, like there's yeah, real that seed yeah. in that, right? So and sometimes I just think it's that small shift that can make a difference. You know, there's these small things that we can constantly do, which change the response of our nervous system and our physiology, which can change our entire psychology. And it doesn't have to be like these big things. And that's where I think it's really empowering for people again, to understand that. Like there's things that I like to do, for example, I'm a big fan of shaking. So when you shake around or shake your legs and shake your arms, it actually can reset your limbic brain and reset your nervous system. And even just doing that for 30 seconds to a minute, mm. <gasps> taking oh. a deep breath. And Tony Robbins is big on that. He's like, you know, when how can you change your state like this quickly? Yeah. Um, and shaking, uh-huh. moving, yeah. jumping. Yeah, so yeah. important. All of those things, mm. all of those things are so powerful. And they've actually done studies on shaking in, um, on post-traumatic stress with in war-torn countries with children. And they wow. actually found it over 12 weeks that, the post-traumatic stress had gone from doing this shaking. So, and it's really powerful. I get people doing it at their work. I know when I was going through my divorce, I was get off the phone for a lawyer and I'd shake, shake it out. Shake it out, yeah. And put music on. Like there's all these things we can shake oh, it out. And we work with kids. It's so easy to do that. Get them to do it, pop the music on, just give a good 100%. shake. Mm. That's the thing about um, early childhood as well. Like you're in that state with the kids. Like there's so many fun op- like opportunities mm. to change your state. Like a lot of the things that I get people doing, I might get them doing in offices and stuff like that. But actually at early childhood centers is the best like shaking is awesome you know rolling around on the ground like rolling around on the ground is really great for changing your state just Mm. rolling on your back and and moving over doing a different a novel type movement can just change the brain and get it wired differently doing some beautiful relaxing breathing you know with the children like there's all of these things that you know we could be integrating more that are great for everyone involved Mm, all humans yeah integrated as part of your day yeah and and it spreads right because stress spreads like if you're around someone who's stressed if you don't have the tools yourself yeah being around that person your cortisol stress hormone can increase up by 26 percent. so this is where you know stress spreads happiness spreads unhappiness spreads right so if we choose 
that's where it comes down to us to have that choice. Mm. You know, we're responsible for the energy that we have for how we're going to show up. What are we going to spread to our colleagues and to our children and to our centre today? Is it going to be calm? Is it going to be some happiness and fun? Because it, it does spread. And how do they identify? Because I'm finding that a lot of educators, you, you know, they're like, they're just go, go, go. And they're so in that state already that it's mm. really hard for them to even identify that that's what it is and that's where they're at. Yeah. It is when you're in that sort of, you're in working on autopilot, right? Mm. So I guess the first thing I get a lot of people to do is just to have some time each day, even if it's five minutes, some type of self-reflection time to identify where things are at, to take a step back. So whether or not that's at the end of the day, whether or not that's first thing in the morning, but, you know, we've got to break the cycle and get off that treadmill of life. And the only way to do that is to to step back. And it might only start with five minutes, Mm. but we need to step back and actually check in and just go, oh, how am I feeling today? Where where am I at? What's my intention going to be for today? Oh, you know, it's and it's so it's so funny you say that, Angela, because we're so good at doing that with the children, and mm. that's part of our daily like sign in, check in with your emotions or the children's emotions. Yeah. But are we taking time to do that with ourselves? Yeah, a lot of people don't. But once you get into the habit, it's actually not that hard. But you can actually check in with your overall well being. Like, you know, how have I been sleeping? Like. Where is my stress at today? Like, how is my mm. emotional well-being? You know, um, how have my how have I been eating? Have I been drinking enough water? Like, what are the key things that I need to do to make sure that I'm optimizing my individual state to deal with whatever I have to deal with today? And you know? do you have like a like a go-to checklist? Let's say you woke up, you're not feeling in a great mood today. Yeah. Um, look, I'm just feeling a little bit anxious. I'm just feeling a little bit stressed. Do you have like a go-to checklist in your mind that you're just like, yes, this is what I need to do. Yeah, there's checking tools that I use with clients, like what I said there, like how, mm. you know, where am I at? Where have I slept? Where's my um, emotional well-being at? You know, where's my stress at? Um, have I drunk some water? What's my food like? I tend to do that stuff with a lot of a lot of people that I work with. Mm. For me personally, I'm, I always wake up and I always do some form of breathing or meditation, even if it's only five minutes. I'll always do some type of gratitude and just really shift my state because I know the power of like I've been in dark holes, I've been in overwhelm, I've been in those places and I know the way out is to focus on building the new, not trying to fix the old mm. and that's really powerful. It's like we've got to keep focusing on how we want to feel and where we want to be, you know, and move through that way. So that's where the gratitude is good. That's where, you know, just focusing on breathing and connecting to ourselves because we're okay. Like people, they're feeling all this stress and they're stress breathing, but we're actually okay. Like have we got food? Have we got a shelter? Have we got water? Mm. Someone we can give a hug to, you know, like all those basic needs. The basic needs Mm. that they are, and you know, so it's just checking in, and you know, I'm very much about getting people to place their hand on their heart, and even just for a couple of minutes and breathe, because it connects, gets us out of the head, because the head takes us in all of these places, and that's what's on overdrive a lot. So to break the cycle, it's about connecting back to here. So trying to get back in the body and, and even asking yourself what what is it that I need today you know asking yourself that question what is it that I need today and just taking those couple of minutes and just listening to the intuition that we all have within us as opposed to trying to think think overthink our way out of the problem which doesn't work when you're in stress mode because you don't have the clarity you just yeah. get get more and more obstacles not solutions that's beautiful so what is it that I need today yeah, it's so it is simple, right? Mm, mm. What happens if the answer doesn't come? 
And often it may not come straight away. Mm. It may it may come. Sometimes what often happens is you may not get an answer then or there, but when you're off doing something or you're in the car or you're moving around, something might pop in. So I always say to people just to trust that little, you know, thing that does pop in. Mm. Like oh, I need to have a, a restaurant. I need to get outside. For you know how sometimes I've worked with people recently and directors of childcare centres in a program and some of them were saying that they had this, Thing that they thought of for ages. I just want to get outside for lunch and just break change of environment. And they'd been thinking that for months, right. but it wasn't. You know what I mean? So often these little thoughts pop into our head, yeah. but then acting acting on that. And then when you act on it, the difference has been unbelievable in just a, a short time. You know what I mean? So mm. we do. If we take the time, we actually do get these things in there. And if you don't, it's just like just choosing something small, like. You know, what's something small that I can do today that's going to nurture me? Or what's something small that I can do that's going to take me a step closer to how I want to feel? You know, if nothing naturally comes. Like there's always just something mm. that you choose to do because something that I'm very big about is it doesn't have to be the exact answer, but it's about doing something different, right? Yeah. Like we need to choose to, if we want to break these cycles that a lot of us are in, we need to do differently. We need to think differently. We need to be differently. So it's like just doing something different, something out of the ordinary today, you know, because otherwise we're just going to be in that same cycle, that same pattern as yesterday, which was the day before, and we're living in the like past. Like Groundhog Day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're not actually moving forward. So yeah. and, and it's actually can be quite fun just doing something different. Oh, absolutely. Something I do, I just take a different route to wherever I'm going. Oh. So you know the, how you talk about that robotic mode and often when we like drive yeah. to the same place every day, drive the same yeah. way, it can become quite mundane and you just get stuck in that yeah. place. So to mix it up, as you said, and change something, I often just take a different route. Yeah, and that's great. That little things like that make a difference because you chat. You we're rewiring the brain. Mm. We're choosing something different. So yeah, just choosing something different when you hop up in the morning can be really powerful. And I'm really big on you know the power of music and 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 singing and stuff like that. So I'm very big, you know, putting on music in your house that you know brings up happy memories or in your car and and things like that, actually cho consciously choosing to do that. Mm. I've had people that I've worked with who it's just made such a big difference in their life. I get a lot of people, mums putting music on um, before pickup to get into a good state for, you know, different pickup when they're picking up their kids. And yeah. I've had couples who were really distant between each other and then they started putting on music before that they used to listen to before the kids when they were cooking dinner, yeah. just on old tunes. And all of a sudden, it brought up all the happy memories, reconnected yeah. them, changed the state. So there's things, there's all, we have a resource of all of these things that we can be doing, like at our workplace or at our home, on the way to work, you know, that we could be doing. So we're turning up in a different way. What's, do you have any other strategies around that? Because it's something we get all the time. So often, um, you know, our educators or directors, they're parents themselves as well. And yeah. you know, as parents, like, it's like, okay, I got to go to work. Or no, before even work, it's like, I got to get the kids ready. I got to get, have breakfast. I got to drop them off. I got to go to yeah. work. I got to, and it feels like that, just that continuation for that whole entire day. Yeah. Do you have any tips around um, using like that third space or that transition time and what they can do to sort of like show Go up and be mindful in that next um transitional state yeah i'm i'm very much about people doing that after drop-offs and pickups or before they go to work so either breathe so the music stuff is something that i do a lot of yeah i get people just sitting in the car and even just doing a couple of minutes of calming breath so just really slowing down the breathing and just getting back in their body and just setting the intentions and 
you know, I'm conscious. Okay, that part of the day is done. I'm I'm stepping into work mode. I'm consciously choosing to have an amazing day. And and it, again, it only takes a couple of minutes yeah. of doing stuff. So definitely, I usually do it sitting in the car because that tends to work for a lot of people. It's just when you're transitioning, I think can be really useful to do that when we're splitting because otherwise you do you just you're carrying energy of something else into something else so having a circuit breaker like the songs like moving like you know the breathing and again two three minutes is all you need is really really powerful so doing that um, on the way to work and also before pickups it's something I do personally Mm. something that I I do a lot of if I'm feeling a bit flat and I'm going into school pickup it's like oh, okay, I might just put a song on, have a bit of a dance for a couple of minutes yeah. and get a happy mood before I hop in the car because I know the next five hours are, yeah. are demanding with my daughter. Yeah. So. Oh, and I watched a video of a mum doing that with the child and the child gets in the car and they're like, mum, what are you doing? And they're yeah. like, I am just getting myself focused in what I have to move into next. Um, yeah. And then the child started to just join in. Yeah, it's great. Like my daughter and I do a lot of dancing um, together I get her we take turns picking songs on the way to school on the way back from school you know together and singing and yeah like they do engage in it and I think that's a, a really powerful thing that I want to pass on because they model what we do not what we say so I really yeah. want to model model that behavior for her that I'm, I don't want to be this stress busy mum and give rushing women's syndrome to my five-year-old yeah. You know, like I need to break that cycle, otherwise I'm going to pass it on. Oh, well, I was just talking to a dad on the weekend and he said, um, you know, when I notice that my child is like picking up a phone or just holding her fingers pretending to be on the phone and she's mm-hmm. like, hold on, hold on, I'm just on the phone. And that's what she's seeing, you know, her dad. Yeah. And I think it's about also giving yourself compassion but really yeah. looking at um, what strategies you can put in place so that that's not what they're seeing. Yeah, no, definitely. My daughter says, mom, get off your phone. Like, you know, like, and it's like, oh my goodness. And when she had a pretend phone and she wanted to take it everywhere, it's like, it is a wake up call. You're just like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's pretty frightening on so many levels, you know? And Mm. yeah, but it's hard, you know, when we're juggling, I'm single parenting, I'm running a business, I'm working. So we've all got our individual challenges and juggles, but it's like, you know, just remembering and refocusing and, and, readjusting along the way like you're never going to be perfect but there's always this readjusting and that's why I'm so you know passionate about having those small times in my day where I can just check in on hang on is where is life at at the moment is it yes where are things at like and just having those small blocks they just make such a difference and we do have time for those little blocks yeah We we really do like you know it doesn't take long but it's just focusing in and tuning in on because otherwise life will get away with me you know oh for anyone for yeah. yeah yeah and yeah. I think it's important to like build it into your routine um yeah. like I know we we're talking you know every hour like we talk about time blocking a lot as a time management strategy and things and it's like how can you use those transitions and just what can you do in those moments in between yeah and it's just getting used to the new habit right just yeah and sometimes just picking that one thing and just doing it what do you and- do if people feel silly like to shake and to dance and sing like I mean early childhood it's pretty easy like it's our job essentially yeah, yeah, yeah. but I'm finding more and more people um coming into our sector um mm-hmm. they're it's like they're not willing to be silly mm. it's an interesting one and I it is interesting the culture that you know 
is come is we're raising really like there is there has been a lot of seriousness and there has Mm. been a lot of focus and it's sort of that that expression and that fun and silliness is getting shut down in a lot of people I think so it's about bringing that back because it's so important for our well-being like it is so I've done work with like shamanic healers these ancient healers and one of the first questions I'll ask you is when did you stop singing and dancing because they know how powerful that is for our being for our healing right yeah um and like with people, I guess it's just finding where they're at, you know, just what's going to work for you because we are all wired differently. Mm. So that may not work for them. There might be something else that they do. I've got lots of different, you know, things that I do like to relax. It might be like playing with your ears and giving your ears a little massage to stimulate your vagus nerve, which triggers your relaxation response. So, you know, I've noticed there's different pressure points that we can do that relax and cause a stress. So you know, different types of breathing. Most people are okay with some type of breathing because yeah. we do that anyway. It's just they might be out there in the, <laughs> you know, the out there <laughs> breathing, but most people are okay with calming breath. But, again, it's like, you know, giving that sort of smorgasbord and asking them, you know, what's something that's going to work for you where you're at? Let's find something that's going to work for you and how would that work for you? I'm very much about asking you know, not dictating. I'm saying like mm. these things that I do and my clients do and, you know, what's going to fit in with your life and where you're at. Let's find something for you and and, and really discover that with them because there is always something. Yeah, beautiful. So really looking at that individual human and what's going to work for them in their life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, and also their belief and values too. So they might also differ for, diff- um, for everyone. Yeah. And I think yeah, that's talking about beliefs, like it's so powerful, like, you know, the placebo effect is so powerful, like, you know, and I feel like, you know, they've done so many studies when people are taking sugar pills and not the actual real medication, but they think it's the real medication mm. and there's everything improved. And I'm very much, and I asked this question to someone recently, is like, how can we apply the placebo effect more in our life? You know, we know that if we believe this medicine is going to work for us, even if it's not medicine, we'll get improvements. So, you know, can we, what can we start believing in that's going to help us? You know what I mean? Like, how can we shift that? Because what's happening, you know, with a lot of the fear that's been in the last few years is people are, they're, they're living in that fear of the non the nocebo effect, which is the opposite. It's like people are believing things aren't going to work out. Yeah. So it's us trying to bring in, you know, look, things will work out. Let's let's see how we can believe that and start to shift away from that. Oh, and 100%. I think at some point in time we need to move forward and start pave, paving our way forward. And I think it does start around those beliefs. And mm. um, I think someone has to start it, though, around you. And what came into my mind, have you seen the video with the guy on the hill and he just starts dancing and then everyone's just looking at him and then by the end, like, everyone's up dancing, but it's yeah, like yeah. started with some crazy guy just getting up and starting it. Yeah, yeah. No, no I haven't seen it, but... It's really powerful, right? And it's like, because we have the physiology is like we have mirror neurons inbuilt in us. If you smile at someone, they will reflect back to you and smile. If you have a laugh and have a dance, like, you know, somewhere within them, even though they mightn't do it straight away, we're reflecting that back in people, you know, mm. like so that's so that's why I'm so passionate about like we're responsible for the energy that we bring because a sour face reflects back the opposite unless you have to work hard against us. And I just think what a cool gift that we have to give to someone the power of a smile that we can help them smile because there are people who are going through difficult times. There are people who are going through a hard time and I've been one of those people and I remember this time when I was having a really rough patch. I didn't want to leave the house after my son died and I only went to this local coffee shop and there was this group of ladies there 
They just used to smile and say hello to me every morning. Didn't ask me about anything, just smiled and said hello. And I didn't realize until later, the only reason I wanted to go there is because it felt good. Oh, it felt bless. safe. It felt, it felt good, right? And I just, but since then, it made me feel what, what a gift that we have for people. So if you've got a colleague or you know someone's going through a tough time, that smile can be really powerful for them. And it makes our physiology change. When we change our physiology, we'll change our hormonal response within us too. Yeah, definitely. Oh, it's so true. You know, my favourite thing is walking in the morning and I love walking because I get to say good morning to people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I love it. Um, so what what advice, like let's say that you're working in a workplace um, mm-hmm. and around leadership, so leading a team um, who may be feeling quite stressed, um, mm-hmm. what advice would you give them around working with their team? The first thing I get them to I really start with, it has to start with them. They need to they need to be walking the talk, basically. You can't, you know, bring in sort of a stress management program if you're not going to walk the talk. And that's why I often start with the leaders because of the centres, because they need to be understanding it themselves. I think it's very important to understand that everyone is unique and that what maybe, you know, everyone sees the lens through a different world. And so it's us understanding that and us understanding that you know, that that might be causing stress for that person, that might be causing stress for that person and just having a deeper empathy because when people respond in a stressful way and some people might be really reactive or some people might just go into a hole and hide, whatever it is, that person is actually doing that because they're trying to feel safe. So when we're under stress, we will always do something that moves us towards feeling safe. So it just helps us give a greater empathy that, Someone might be sort of acting out a little bit in our team or whatever, but us understanding that that's just them, you know, um, trying to feel safe within themselves. So understanding that we're all unique, we've all got unique dynamics. Yes, we might be seeing these things that are perceived weaknesses, but I always look at it and go, how can I, you know, what? how is that weakness really a strength? You know, how is that person behaving like this really a strength? And how can I help nurture that within them? I'm very much about us understanding that we're all in this together, you know, like it's, I I love that, you know, Ubuntu quote, like I am because we are, like we're all in this together. So us all, you know, I'm very much about us all bringing in and contributing as a team. Yeah. So I definitely take that approach. But also people understanding that the small things like the, the sleeping, the water, the, the good food, the, those basic foundational principles change how we perceive certain things when our physiology is in a different state so you know really working together to support each other um with that as well but yeah but definitely the uniqueness is a big one that i feel under helps a lot of people and also the that key message i said at the start that the small things make a big difference yeah you know just encouraging each other to do the small things and you know focusing on the positive cool what's something you know that went really well today you know, let's, we see what, what we focus on, we will see. So let's start shifting the focus of the teams. What's something that went really well today? Because so many people find the hundred problems. Yeah. But actually having the debrief about that is really powerful to shift a culture. Then we'll start looking out for that as well. Like, and sometimes you have to look deeply to find it when you're in a stress state, but <laughs> you know, there is, there is always something and, and getting people shifting and rewiring their brains to look for good, but for gratitude is I can't emphasize oh, how it's so powerful. And I remember like going through, you know, challenges in dark times. And I remember mm. one day, like the only thing I was grateful for was having a hot shower, like yeah. actually being alive, 
getting up, having a hot shower, like, you know, mm. there's always something. Yeah, totally. And it's and it's nice to to share that as well. And I think I think it's us understanding that the way humans are wired, we're actually wired to look out for each other. We are actually wired like that. And, you know, they've actually done different studies that when you actually are of service and care for the other person and show up like that, you know, your work satisfaction, you're, you're more likely to be promoted. Like there's all of these positive things, right, that happen when we show up like that. So it's really interesting to, to us get back and remember that. Yes, we're going through this, but we're actually in this together. And to look out for each other, I think, is really important. Yeah, 100%. And, yeah, I love the questions and guidance around what you can do to help and support and just picking out those positive things because there's always something positive. Mm. Um, Angela, what would you suggest if you were leading? So you're a leader, you're sprinkling your magic, you've got all this positivity, um, mm. you know, you're really helping people focus on gratitude and what's great. Mm. What about motivation? So let's say someone under you is stressed, lacking motivation. Like how mm. would you flip that and encourage them to be more motivated to do their job because it become can become quite frustrating yeah I guess it's like reminding them like why they're doing what they're doing so often like there's different levels of communication a lot of people when they're stressed they like to communicate at the level of the drama and the detail and and all of that problem and I like to flip flip things to people about you know so what you know, what is it why did you actually get into early childhood what is it that you really love about that actually getting people reconnected to to their why or why they're in it you know why they're here like what they love about it you know trying to get them you know remembering those things not all the the stress and the detail I think is really powerful to to flip it and another question that I asked a lot of people is a lot of people have this you know they have these perceptions on things and I always just go is that really true you know, what if the opposite mm. would, because they tend to feel that there's all these problems and you just go, is that really true? And if you actually ask yourself that on a deep level, is it absolutely true? Well, maybe it's not true. The the actual opposite could be true. That person mightn't be being nasty to you. That person could just be really stressed, had no sleep, and, you know, and they could just be in a really bad way, you know? So I think it's like, you know, asking the questions, having that self-reflection to try and open and broaden our mind, but certainly reconnecting to the why and what they love about what they love about the job and, and focusing on that person's strengths and how that's needed for the team. So if someone's like, you know, a real doer, oh my God, we need that or creative. Oh, wow. That's amazing. You're so creative. We, our team really needs that. The children need that. Like, mm. so really finding that, that genius within everyone, which everyone has and, trying to get them to feel that, you know, and and how that is needed and valued within organisations. I like people to focus in on that as well. Yeah, right. So really focusing on how that person is contributing to the team. Yeah, because ultimately people want to feel seen and heard and valued, Yeah, you know. So, and often when you're in a stressed state, you, you don't, you lose sight of what you're actually good at or you know you lose sort of why you're even in early childhood like what you actually got into it in the first place what you loved about it you know what am I actually bringing to this thing because we tend to think oh I'm not contributing anything you know like and sometimes we need to be reminded of the beautiful qualities that we do have and and how important that they are for the children for for everyone yeah I always say like it's being a leader it, mm. I reckon 90 percent of your job is being a cheerleader and just mm. like you know making sure that you're just communicating all of those positive attributes and amazing things that people bring to their team 
Yeah, it's so important because we all have those strengths and it's so important. And I think in early childhood, like when I do this profiling stuff and look at biology and profiles of people, in early childhood, there's particular clusters of, of profiles, right? And it's no surprise that the type of profiles that come through in the testing I've done, they're all about the nurturers. They're all about the giving to other people. They're all around, all around that, you know, the majority of educators. So, you know, it's just us appreciating that. And, you know, that's how they want to be nurtured too. You know, like that. what I notice about, it's very important. You know how when you say to someone, oh, how are you today? People might just say it in passing, oh, how are you today? What have you been doing? How are I you know, today? they don't even wait for you to respond half the time. Exactly right. Yeah. But different profiles, it wouldn't be as profound. But in educators, they they actually really care how you are today. Yeah. So if you ask them how you are today, ask them how how they are and actually listen and be there for the care about the response, you know, like it's mm. like, you know, we need to support them and communicate on the level to them as well. And I think it's really important. Not all are that profile, but there, there's a high dominance of that profile in the testing I've done of educators. So, yeah, I think it's just really important for us to, yeah, to nurture that and to be mindful of that as well. Yeah, and I think if we really look at that, what we want to receive, um, mm. people also want to receive. So if we yeah. just start and just give that, people will give mirror that and give that back to us as well. Yeah, yeah. No, it's very true. And it's it also, ultimately the only person that we can change is ourselves Yeah, and yeah. our behaviour. We can't control other things, but you know, our behaviour can impact other people hugely. Yeah, 100% it can. And I was just wondering, are you able to talk a little bit about, um, I know we could almost do like a whole episode on this, but just about how our brains work with um, getting that information, justifying it, because the the thing, the question I loved is, is it really true? So how do our brains process information and distinguish that? A lot of our, so the way our brain works, a lot of our brain is just based on our beliefs, right? So the beliefs that we have up to, up until a subconscious programming up until the age of seven. So up until the age of seven, we have formed our view of the world, which is our, not our view of the world, which is our parents' view of the world, which is probably our grandparents and our grandparents, right? We have, I guess we have this limiting belief or perception of the world. So when you actually start to ask those questions, you're actually opening up your brain and opening up, just going, hang on. Where is that even coming from? Where is that thought even coming from? We don't even question why we have certain beliefs and thoughts. We don't even question where they come from. So it's really important to sort of ask questions and open up the brain to look for answers. And that's why I'm very much about asking questions like, how can I? How can I do this? Because we're opening up the brain to look for solutions in that way. So we've just got all this subconscious program. It's not until we get into that conscious state or more relaxed state, we can actually look down and go, oh, hang on. That's just because that's what I thought when I was five. Like some people are living off a belief system that we have when we were five. Mm. Like, what are we doing? Like, is this really true? Well, it might have been true when we were five, but now I'm 45. Actually, it's not true. Like there is a different perception of the world. And, Mm. you know, just by asking those questions, we're, we're getting our brain to open up more, you know, into our conscious thoughts so we can look down and go, okay, what actually is going on? Yeah, so almost be like curious and start questioning Yeah, I definitely do that. I'm very much about doing that a lot with my life and also with the clients that I work with. And anytime we have, you know, a belief, like if things aren't working for us, 
then we need to look at why they're not working for us, right? Like mm. we need to start to question, well, because things are meant to work for us. So why isn't that working for us? You know, like where, and I often ask the question is too, what is the belief behind that behaviour, right? We have these behaviours that we just do and what's the belief behind them? Do we believe that if we go for a walk, it's good for our mental health? Or do we believe that I don't have time for a walk? Do I, you know, what are my beliefs around all of this stuff? And what are the behaviors that we're doing? So we actually just, again, that, you know, I talk about that five minutes a day when we're just checking in on ourselves. You know, these are really important things to do. So we, you know, we just start to question why we're doing what we're doing because life's meant to be good. We're meant to be happy. We we can break these things and we we get so enclosed and and limited by these thoughts and beliefs that are just there because that they've always been there and they can change like that. They don't have to be there. What is happiness? Happiness. Because mm. I find it's it's because when you ask people and it's so true, they're like, "I just want to be happy." What yeah. is, what is happy? Yeah, I think that's a really interesting question, right? Because when I went through all the death of my son, I worked mm. with a mentor for a while, and I actually had to remember like I, I didn't know what it was to feel happy like I, like I think happiness is individual and I think it's really important for us to tune in and go you know what are the things that bring me joy in my life like what are those things and actually choosing more joy in our life is the small thing so then we'll have an overriding you know degree of happiness but ultimately I think it's just the gratitude for what we do have not focusing on what we don't have a lot I think Happy people are like that. They're happy people are are content and grateful for the life that we do have. It doesn't mean that we don't have goals, Mm. but the more gratitude we have for what we do have leads to so much greater happiness. I've done lots of study into happiness around happiness hormones, you know, things that um, happy people have. And social connection is a very big one. Social connection is reported in, you know, the happiest people as one of the number one predictors. So that's really important. So there's lots of things you know, that we can do to help support happiness around us. And I think it is individual, but it's an inside job. And it starts with a choice. Like it starts with a choice for I'm going to choose to be more happiness. And they've actually done studies with our brain that if we choose to be happy, our brain will look for more things to be happy about. Yeah. So it starts with that decision and we can make that decision right now and start to look out for more things that will bring us more happiness. Love that. Love that. And vibe attracts our tribe too. So the happier you are, you will attract other happy people um, in your life as well. Beautiful. What are three tips, just really off the cuff tips that you would, yeah, I know that you would give or that you want to leave our listeners with today? I would like, hang on, hang on, hang on. There's so many. Where do I start with Oh my God. I know spot. I put you on the spot put now. On the spot. No, that's okay. What I would say is, and this is something really I am passionate about with the, my will to live message is that right in this moment, we all have a will to make a choice to live a life that's more fulfilling to us. So, you know, we can choose the reality that we want in our world. And right now, we can, everyone listening to this can, has free will to make a different choice. Now, whether or not that's just be to have a smile, to ring a friend, to, you know what I mean, give yourself a little cuddle or whatever, we have a choice to move towards what we want to do. I think that that's really just paramount to be able to do that. The other important key thing is that there are small things that we can do to shift our state, which can shift how we perceive the world and can shift 
the world around us. So it doesn't have to be big, like the small things like the breathing, the shaking, small choices can create big ripples in our life. And I think that that's really powerful for us to understand. Um, and probably the third thing I would say is just to remember that, you know what, we're not here for a long time and life is really short. And one of my hashtags is life short, what's possible. And mm. it's what I really live by. It's like, you know, I look at my life often in 104 day blocks because that's how long my son lived for and that's his whole lifetime. And I just think wow, so many of us, you know, and a lot of some of the coaching programs I do 104 days because I say, you know, 104 days is a lot. There's a lot we can do, right? You know, there's a lot we can just start doing now. And like you said, we don't know what tomorrow brings. I've been, you know, our family and friends around, I've experienced a lot of tragedy in my life with, you know, people in my circle. And it's just like, you know, what are we doing? You know, like life really is short. And, you know, so much suffering can be alleviated by our life choices and our perspective. And I just want more people to you know, they've been given the gift of life and I just want more people to experience the life that they've been gifted because we don't know how, none of us know what tomorrow brings and it's just something I, I really feel we can all do. You know, what really, really, really matters at the end of the day. Yeah, you know, just, and, and 100% and find what brings you joy and do more of that. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, yeah. So there's probably... Oh, Angela, that was beautiful. Yeah. That was really beautiful. I love, love it. Um, and so where can people find you? So if they want to connect with you, um, if they want support, guidance, coaching, want to host workshops for their services or their teams, um, where's the best place to find you? So you can see me on LinkedIn, Angela Lee Jenkins on LinkedIn, on, on Instagram, Angela Jenkins 104 Will, and my website, um, AngelaLeeJenkins.com. Yeah, please reach out. I, I actually really love connecting um, with the sector. And it's, it's a real, because my daughter just started prep this year. I have been in that early childhood space with her. And I just really feel, yeah, I'm really privileged to work with the educators and directors that I'm working with because I know the impact that has on their centres and also how important that is for our children and our future um, generations. And I just think early childhood educators do an amazing job um, with what they do. And it, it has been some difficult times in the sector. And yeah, I really just want to do what I can to support them and their children and centres. And yeah, hopefully good times are ahead. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And and I love what you said, like the first place, it's an inside job. So focus yeah. on focus on you first or us yeah, first. De yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so much gold. Thank you. I made so many notes um, <laughs> as we're chatting, but thank you so much for joining us, Angela. And um, we can't wait to have you on our next director's meeting. Yeah, awesome. So grateful to, um, yeah, for you, for what you do in the sector and for having me on. Really appreciate it. So thank you. Oh, thanks so much and look forward to connecting soon. Thanks for listening to the Everything Early Childhood podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media or leave a rating and review. We read them all. <laughs> to catch all the latest from me, your host, Lisa Brown, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Lisa Brown underscore Platinum Ed. Thanks again for listening. Keep making every moment count and I'll see you next time.